You find yourself stuck or bored with your work. You lack motivation, originality. The feelings of fear and failure start to creep up. You may have even thought about quitting. In this episode, I will give you five pivotal habits that will change your work and reignite your passion to do what you love to do. We are his masterpiece, made in his image. We were created to create beauty, wonder, and awe everywhere we go. We are the painted. All right, well, let's get right into it today. Number one, exposure. Expose yourself to as many artistic expressions as possible outside your field. There's a quote that goes this way, the quickest way to get someone to make a fool of themselves is to get them to talk outside of their area or their field. But this isn't going to happen to us today. We're not going to be the fool because you will be well-versed in many areas and you will pull from them. And so what we are encouraging today is to expose yourself to other areas of other forms of expression, even specifically the ones that are outside your field. Have you ever noticed, and have you even noticed maybe in your own work, that you start to look like everyone else? And it's oftentimes not intentional. It's just you're hanging around the same people, looking at the same things, being influenced by the same everything, and everyone's just in this loop, this bubble. And so what I want to do is encourage you to get outside your area of artistic or creative expression and go expose yourself to other things that possibly will influence you and inspire you to think in a new way. As a director, I go to modern dance if I can, especially on the university campuses. I go to art galleries as much as possible. I expose myself to opera, to classical music. I've seen puppet shows. All of these things influence me and have influenced my art over the years. I constantly want to be seeking new experiences and new inspiration. Maybe for you, you want to move in a new way. So maybe take a dance class. Take something that's outside of your field. Um, maybe you're going to take uh, Taekwondo or Karate and you want to learn, have your body learn a new way of moving, specifically for inspiration, to think in new ways, uh, move in a different way, right? So I encourage you to do this. You can do most of these things, especially in the arts, on your local university campus. They have shows, they have opera, they have music, all the departments have different recitals and things throughout the year, and that would be a good place to start if you haven't already. To think differently, this is why we're doing this. We want to expose ourselves so we can think differently, so we can rewire the way we've been thinking. Because again, some of us, many of us get stuck. We get stuck in a loop of creating, and it goes along good for a while, but then it starts to get stale and boring, doesn't it? Or sometimes it leads us to not be motivated to continue our work. Or we just end up looking like everyone else and we lose our originality, not even intentionally. So we want to think differently. We want to think in new ways. You have to rewire your brain with new experiences so you can pull from. When I was in university studying theater for my degree, I, had to, I was required to take a costume design class. I don't design costumes. I don't know anything about costumes. I'm artistic, so I took the class. And the teacher, the professor, re required us to create what's called a costume morgue. And so what we would do is we basically create a, a file or a or a folder full of clippings and things that people were wearing, whether photos or paintings or drawings or whatever, and we would clip them for inspiration. And some of this might be familiar for you. It might be something similar to what we call like dream boards, where you have these clippings. 
So the idea of collecting ideas, the ideas of collecting different forms of inspiration. I know some designers that design clothing that will, will clip out pieces of architecture from years past and from centuries past for inspiration motifs in their clothing. So think, continue to think outside the box. And if you're doing this on some level, do more of it. Take it to the next level, right? Do it consistently. Uh, years ago, many of you have heard of Cirque du Soleil. Um, they're very familiar. They're very well-known in Las Vegas. They have multiple shows. They have several touring um, shows in tents that tour around the world. They have some permanent shows around the world in Mexico and Tokyo and some other places. Well, years ago, they were barely getting their start in the U.S. and in the world, for that matter, and they were on their very their second show. It was touring in a tent at the time. I was in San Diego, and it was close to the freeway. We would drive by it. We'd see this blue and yellow swirled tent. And so I wanted to go really bad. I was interested in it. The advertisement looked very intriguing. And so I, I tried to get as many friends as I could to go with me and no one wanted to go. And they kept saying, well, what is it exactly? I tried to describe it, but I didn't know how to describe it because I didn't know myself. It's a new kind of circus. I'm not sure what it is. It looks like it has live music, jazz, something in it. It looks like it has a storyline sort of going along with it. Well, how much is it, they would say. And I said, it's $17.50. Well, that's a lot of money to take a risk on something we don't know anything about. And so I ended up going alone. And let me tell you, I was forever changed when I was exposed to Cirque du Soleil in the 90s. Not only was it a new kind of circus, it was a new kind of storytelling as I saw it. As a result of being influenced heavily by that, I was studying theater at the time, I wrote a whole Easter play that, was, that had a completely new way of communicating the story of the cross. It was influenced by a circus from Canada that no one knew about called Cirque du Soleil. And I was blown away how I had this storyline, yet it was using circus arts to tell a story, but at the same time, it was almost like sitting in the theater, but yet it was a circus. I'll never forget that. Profoundly influenced me at a stage in my life. So this idea of exposure, you need to expose yourself to as many things as possible. Now I've covered the arts. Obviously we can, we can find this in professional sports and other areas of exposure and other areas of influence, but I just want to focus specifically on getting outside your art and going and looking at someone else's art for inspiration and to help you generate fresh ideas, originality, and be influenced by the other arts. Interesting enough, when you go through art history, art history of any kind, whether it's the performing arts or the visual arts, you'll notice that there's different periods within history that if you study all these different types of arts in, in their period time, that they all end up doing and saying and speaking to something similar. Now, why is that? That's because if it's good art, good art will reflect the times in which it's created. And so even right now, whatever you're creating, whatever you're doing is a reflection of where you are in this time in history and where you live, this part of the U.S. or wherever you live globally. And so it's interesting to get outside your area of art to see how other people are expressing similar ideas as you. It's a powerful way to be influenced and see things in a new way. Number two, creative hour. I can't emphasize this enough. 
If you're not already doing something similar to this, you need to pick up this habit. Pick up this creative habit. This will change your life. You have to look at your art, your creativity, your thinking, your entrepreneurship as a as something that gives you pleasure, not a stress. And the way to keep this going for you, in my estimation, is a set aside weekly, at the least weekly, a creative hour. What do I mean by creative hour? It's basically, as for us Christians, it's a time of Sabbath for us who create. It's your time of refreshing. And so what you're going to do is you're going to take a pause from all the stress and all the deadlines of everything that you do, and you're going to go and dream again. You're going to dream outside the box. You're being influenced by number one point, by by um, exposing yourself to other arts. You're going to be taking notes along the way. Now you're going to bring all these notes. You're going to bring your costume morgue, as it were. You're going to bring your clippings. You're going to bring all your just random inspirational ideas. And you're going to sit down somewhere. And you're going to have an hour set aside specifically for creative thinking, creative inspiration, original thinking. And so what I really do is I recommend using a pencil or a pen, old-fashioned style. Get a paper journal and just get something that's very tactile that you can physically interact with, with your hands, with your pencil, and take notes and think. Sit in an environment that inspires you. If you're in public, use earbuds. Listen to music, but more importantly, listen to music without lyrics because we won't, don't want the lyrics to distract us from our thoughts. Now, I know many of us today think that we can multitask and we've become very good at that, but the science is out, folks that the brain is only meant to focus on something and concentrate on something one thing at a time and in order to do it well. So when it comes to our creative thinking, we want to think clearly and we want to think well. We want to remove the distractions, hence the earbuds if you're in public to drown out the noise. So pick some good music that's inspirational, that's instrumental, whether it's jazz, I, I like jazz, or whether it's some other kind of music. And this should be a time of refreshing for you. This creative hour is not a time of pressure. It's just setting aside all the tasks, all the deadlines, and allowing yourself just to dream again. You have to do this weekly. I cannot overemphasize this enough. This keeps you excited, keeps new ideas flowing, and it is a habit that you develop, and it will continue to be a well of inspiration, a well of originality for you. You will just develop new ideas constantly and you'll have a you'll have a reservoir to keep going back to you have to do this weekly please please do this weekly sit in an environment that inspires you for me i would oftentimes in san diego there's one of my favorite coffee houses it was now closed it's called claire de lune cafe claire de lune and i would put my earbuds in i would sit upstairs in this loft area and i would look down and i would get my journal out and at this time i was trying to really hone in on my writing skills and i was writing my blog at the time and i wanted to develop and so i'd write as many essays as possible or get any germ of an idea on paper and i would sit there and make a date with myself this is for one hour and oftentimes, I would go longer than an hour. And we know this because then we get lost in inspiration and dreaming. And then it just takes over. But I would start to produce more by setting aside a weekly time. And for me, it was more than once a week. I, at the time, I had the ability to do it at least two to three times a week. But at the minimum, I would tell myself I'm doing it once a week. So one day, I was sitting in this Clarity Loon coffee shop, coffee house. And a man walked in with a golden key around his neck. And I'm thinking, wow, that's an interesting thing. 
And so I just started to dream. And as a result, I wrote an essay called The Man with the Golden Key. And so I'm going to read the essay that I wrote several years ago because I want to show you how just being in a creative environment, setting aside creativity, and how this just flowed from my pen. And so let me read it for you right now. A short, stubby man with a Hawaiian-cut shirt with Indian-style print, a modern fedora hat, and dark blues brother Ray-Ban-like shades enters the coffee house to which I find myself trying to get away to think on life, art, and God, and not necessarily in that order. Perched above a loft where I do my thinking, I glare down where my eyes catch hold of a large golden key around his neck. My curiosity was piqued. What might this key be used for? As I untangled the possibilities, the thought hit me. What if all had a golden key? The key represented our destiny, our purpose, our dreams. We would all go around trying different doors and locks to see if it fits. Isn't this really the key to happiness, safety, and peace? Haven't we all been given this golden key already? Don't we call this key God's will? then how come we find it hard to use? Many of us, myself included, have been trying to cram it into a beautiful door we call self-will or self-fulfillment. It sounds new agey, doesn't it? Well, it is. I know Apple has made the emphasis on I over the years so important that it has become hard to not see it any other way. Well, there is, there's God's way. A friend of mine was seeking direction for something very important in their spiritual life. He had found himself in limbo without an answer for almost two years. Though the answer seemed clear to others around him, he could not accept the answer. He was looking for a burning bush experience. Finally, after deciding to really pray and fast about it, did God seem to speak softly and clearly. We often don't really want to pray for things, do we? Because that might mean God's answer for us is the very thing we don't want to do. It might require a sacrifice. Isn't it easier to just say God hasn't given me direction or God is not speaking? My friend noted he did not get peace about this decision until after he was obedient to the voice of God. Peace comes when we listen to God and trust him for the outcome. In hindsight, we often look back and see God's way was best after all. Interesting, the Bible talks about a key that Jesus holds. The golden key, perhaps? In John's letter, to the church in Philippi, we see we read this in Revelations 3, verses 7 and 8. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. Kings were given keys as symbols of sovereign authority back in biblical times. The key of David is the key over royal riches. It, it's defined treasury. It's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of salvation. Jesus holds all the authority. He decides who gets in and who is shut out and who is blessed and who is not. He opens and closes its riches to everyone. The thing you want may not be what God wants for you. Are you willing to really pray God's will and then be satisfied with the answer, even if it's inconvenient. It is in the acceptance and trust of God's will that we truly find peace. 
What if we just simply took our golden key and opened our hearts to Him? Imagine the discoveries. And that's what I pinned by sitting in a coffee shop called Clarity Loon quite a few years ago when I was exercising creative thinking and brainstorming with a pencil and paper. What's still in store for you as you begin to set aside time for this? Number two, creative hour. This is what we're doing. Number two, creative hour, weekly, at the very least. You give time of refreshing away from your deadlines and you think creatively and you write your ideas down. You sketch new ideas, you research images, whatever it is, whatever field you're into, maybe it's not writing, but you're going to research, you're going to do new things, you're going to write, and you're going to sit here and just think through some new ways of thinking and think about your creating. So number three, experiment often. This is what we call ideation. It's a period of of thinking through creatively and coming up with solutions. So you're going to experiment. You're going to work through physically some new things. This is where we as creatives get to play. So not only do we have refreshment in number two, not only do we have Sabbath in number two, where we're having fun and we're thinking, we're having creative hour. Now, number three, I'm telling us that we have play. This is the time where we get to play and experiment. Experimentation, improvisation, to improvise on a theme, to improvise on a motif, to improvise and just let happen what happens and find some new discoveries. This is, this is an extension of our creative thinking, our creative Sabbath in number two. So number three, experiment often. Try as many different ways of doing what you do. Now, again, I realize many of us have, are doing some form of some of these things that I'm saying. What I'm saying is emphasize it. Do more of it. Do it consciously. Set a date with yourself. Do these. Create these as habits that you do ongoing, not just once in a while every six months. I mean, do this ongoing. Try as many different ways of doing what you do. If you paint, find new ways to paint. If you if you find new ways to express uh, your visually your picture, if you draw, find a different way to draw. Draw upside down. Draw with your left hand. Uh, draw with one eye blindfolded. Like, try all these things. There's even books out there that help us do that, right? If you're a writer, write, and you're writing essays, or you're writing books, or whatever it is that you're doing, maybe you write poetry, uh, find a new way to write. Just, just, Pretend you're someone else. Pretend you're your five-year-old self, right? And so many of us writers have writing prompts to help us do that. Do more of this, right? If you're sketching, sketch with a new type of pencil. Try order that thing on Amazon, that new, um, that new tool for creating, and try it and see what you can do that's new. Uh, maybe you're going to do some raw recordings. Maybe you're, into, you're a recording artist of some kind. Maybe you're a composer. You're going to get a, a recorder. You're just going to make some raw noise and try to create new beats. Maybe if you're a playwright or you... Um, write characters for a play, or you're an actor, maybe you're going to try new things. Try it in a completely different way. Just totally get outside the box. Experiment. There are no rules in this stage. Number three, experiment often. There are no rules. You're going to try new musical motifs if you're a musician. If you're a YouTube artist of some kind. You're going to try new camera angles. You're going to try new things. This is the period in which you experiment on purpose. Just get outside the box. Don't, no fear involved because even if none of this turns out useful, it's still helping you think in a new way, a new dance, new ideas, new various combinations of dance steps. Okay. What would the worst possible idea look like is what we can ask ourselves as, as an exercise as you're trying to experiment, whatever you're creating in, ask yourself this as a prompt. 
as a way of getting into what I'm asking you to do. Ask, what was what is the worst possible idea I can come up with? And what this will do is it'll deflate the fear of failure. Many times we don't like to experiment because we're afraid of failure. And we're like, oh no, I'm a great artist. Or I, I want to be a great artist, right? I just want to be. And, and we have this this fear of creating something that's not good enough. And so we're going to remove that. And a mechanism for that I recommend is ask this question and then write it down or think through it. What would the worst possible idea look like in how I'm creating? And then do that idea and see what emerges. This is what it's mean, what we mean when we say no bad idea. There are, there are no bad ideas, right? This is what we mean when we say that because this leads to the best idea. Miles Davis, one of our great jazz musicians from the past, trumpet player, awesome guy. Look up some of his quotes. He's the one that originated one of his quotes. Do not fear mistakes. There are none, especially in improvisational jazz. And so this is how we discover new things. Don't fear the mistakes. In order to create in this stage, in order to number three, in order to experiment, you have to remove the fear factor. Just create some really bad stuff. It's okay. And then see what emerges, right? There are books on this. There's books on creative exercises. Uh, definitely in writing, there's writing prompts for those writers. Um, create your own creative exercises that help you. Merge them with other ones and develop new ones, spin-offs. You're stuck. Change your perspective. See new things to help write, rewrite your brain. See new things to help rewrite your brain. I remember one day years ago, I was taking a photography class, and I was in my early 20s, and my dad walked in from outside one day, and I saw the sunlight silhouetting him and hitting the back of his head and his shoulders. And I go, wait, hold it right there. Let me go get my camera. I ran into the house. He was coming in from the garage, and I went and got my camera. I said, back up a little bit, and I took a picture. It was one of the most awesome pictures in my opinion, I've ever seen. I used it. I got a grade on it in my photography class. And if you want to see that picture, you can go over to my personal Instagram, which is WT Creative on Instagram. And you can look down on my feed and you'll see a black and white photo of my dad coming in with shadow with a silhouette hitting and the sun's hitting from the back of him. It's a very interesting picture. But the thing is being spontaneous, experimenting and seizing opportunities and seeing moments. Be aware, open your eyes if you create with your eyes. Open your ears if you create with your ears. Hear things that you're not used to hearing. Hear the way in which the rhythm in which birds are chirping around you. And maybe that's your new melody. See new things. Maybe you're going to see new colors that you've never seen before in blades of grass that you happen to be laying on. You're looking up. You're laying in a park. You're looking up the underside of the leaves of a tree. And you're seeing some variations of green underneath the tree leaves and that is a new inspiration for a color palette for a design and a dress that you're working on whatever it is open your eyes open your ears and be inspired all right so we have number four seek experience and opportunity seek experience and opportunity again i know many of us are doing some of these things that i'm mentioning what i'm proposing is that you do this regularly you make a habit of it and so what I'm asking you to do is to do this. Number four, seek experience, seek opportunity. Miles Davis, speaking of Miles Davis, the famous jazz musician, he says this, sometimes you have to play a long time to be able to play like yourself. So as you seek experience, as you continue to hone your craft, you will be given, begin to arrive at something that's much more original to you. 
right? Now, many artists of old, if you study um, art history, they would go into the museums and they would paint and draw and sketch the masters hanging on the wall in the museum. Now, obviously, they were copying the masters, but what was the point behind the copying? Not to just rip them off and say, oh, look, I paint like Picasso, or oh, look, I paint like Motis. What they were doing is trying to hone their skills so they could capture the technique. And then after you develop your technique, you start to work on your originality. And so for us, as we seek new experiences and opportunity, as Miles Davis is quoting here, as we're quoting him, sometimes you have to play a long time to be able to play like yourself. For many of us, it's going to be several years of honing our craft, honing what we do to arrive at what is uniquely us, a unique expression of us, completely authentic, not heavily influenced by what everyone else is doing. So another component under seeking experience and opportunity, it requires humility. Why does it require humility? It's because you need to work with people that are better than you, and you need to acknowledge there are people better than you. They've arrived there ahead of you, may have had the same training, but for some reason, they're doing something that you haven't learned yet, and you can learn something from them. Maybe you can go seek out a mentorship with them, uh, an apprenticeship with them. Maybe you can go just take them out for coffee and pick their brain, talk to them about their process. How did they get there? All right. So work with people better than you. I know there's a lot of tutorials on YouTube, but I'm saying go beyond that. Go to someone physically. Go to someone's workspace physically and go look at what they're doing. Go talk to them. Go work with them if you can. Get around people that are better than you. If you want to be better, you have to hang around people that are better than you, not at the same level. Interfestivals is the next point under seeking experience. Interfestivals, intershows, intercontests, volunteer your talent, set up your own pop-up booth if you're selling and making crafts or things. Create your own opportunities many times. This is the time and the age in which we live in which you have to create your own opportunities. You can't wait for the opportunities to come to you. You have to go create them. Very interesting. I came across an article. According to an article by this website, hopeandfears.com, they asked, is busking in New York more lucrative than getting streams of your music on Spotify? And so what is busking? Some of us may not know what that term is. And that's basically if you perform outside with your talent um, for tips or for uh, money. You know, you see the people down on the sidewalk, usually in tourist areas, playing music. Um, sometimes there's clowns. Sometimes there's jugglers. Sometimes there's dancers. And they'll have a bucket out where you can give tips, give money. And they're doing this for several hours. And they're making money doing this. And so website went and did a poll. And they asked, is there more is, is, is it more lucrative to busk on the streets of New York and in the subways than it is to try to get streams on Spotify with your music, specifically speaking to musicians in this case? According to their survey, buskers make an average of $107 in three hours by busking. What is the equivalent, they said, if you're doing not busking? In other words, you're trying to get streams on Spotify, which generates money through ads and so in place. Okay, what is the equivalent? It's over 12,000 to 17,000 streams on Spotify. You would have to, to, to get to that level, you would have to get over 12 to 17,000 streams on Spotify. Plus, you would need to work a part time job for $12.23 an hour at a minimum wage. And you would need to have 5% of the earnings from a sold-out show at a Brooklyn venue. So you'd have to do three things in order to equate to busking for three hours in the subway in New York. 
Wow. So for, let's break the math down, so to speak. All right, let's add this up. So for six hours of working, of working as a busker in New York in the subways, that's 214 a day. That's 1,070 a week. That's 4,280 4, a month. That's 51, over 51,000 a year by busking in New York if you turn it into a full-time job. Point I'm making is this. Weren't waiting for anyone to call you to sign up and play at their theater, to sign up and hang your art in their gallery so they can take their cut anyways. This is like taking your own opportunity to get yourself out there. Now, many of the ones that were quoted in this article that were interviewed, they ultimately, the goal wasn't to try to make a bunch of money. The goal was to take their art, which is music in this case, and connect with the public and get the public to enjoy what they're doing and make a connection through music. And because of a connection, they had good tips or they had good um, payoffs. So thinking outside the box, looking for opportunities, seeking experience. Again, I can't emphasize this enough. Don't wait for people to come to you. That will happen in time. All right. So then we have the last one, number five, pray for your talent. Now, many of us Christians may not even do this. Maybe you do it already, but I want to really encourage you to do this. Pray for your talent daily. Pray over every project. Uh, some of you are graphic designers, maybe, and you, and you work every day doing graphic design, and you have multiple projects a day. Okay, so maybe, maybe you're not going to pray for every individual project. But when I say this, I don't mean just pray a generic prayer at the beginning of the day, God, give me a good day. I say, pray for your creativity, specifically. Pray for creative ideas. Ask the creative God to help you reflect him more clearly in your creativity and originality. Pray, pray, pray for your projects. There's been many projects I've written, many plays, and I would get down on my hands and knees and I would pray to God and say, God, help my imagination grow through the expression of my faith. And Lord, let me be a reflection of you. And Lord, as a result of this, help my, help my abilities to grow and help me not to steal the fame, so to speak. Help me to constantly give you glory back for the talents that you've given me. As I take responsibility for my talents, God, I pray, I pray for my talent. I pray for my creativity. I pray for this project that it would reflect you ultimately, that it would be excellent and pleasing in your eyes. We're going to pray for our talent. Number five, pray for your talent. Listen, sometimes we read this verse, Romans 12, 2. Maybe you haven't applied it to creativity and your creative thinking and your talent, but I would like to apply it and make an application to that today. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The first part, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the part that I want us to hold on to. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Do not do not, do not just copy what the world is already doing. You're an originator, not a duplicator, because we reflect God's image. We're an image of God. We're made in the image of God. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so I've given us five habits, and many of these habits create a renewing of the mind. Which ones are a renewing of the mind? Well, let's start with number two specifically. Number two is what? Creative hour, weekly. This is your Sabbath as a creative. This is your refreshing. That's going to renew your mind. And then number three we talked about was ex uh, experiment often. 
This is where you're thinking and you're playing. You get to play. And you're going to renew your mind. And then you're going to put it into practice by number four, seek experience and opportunity. And so num- number five, we're praying over ourselves. We're praying this scripture. Write it down, Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And maybe our prayer goes something like this. Lord, help me not to be conformed to the thinking and the creative ways of expressing as the world might be doing, but let me think in new ways, if possible, God. And let my mind be transformed as I begin to seek you and as I begin to refresh myself in you and as you help me be a clearer reflection of you through my creativity. Renew my mind. Renew my creativity. Give me new thoughts, new songs, new ways of expressing. We pray this over ourselves. We pray this over ourselves. Listen, next episode, don't miss it. Episode number two, we will be talking about pushing through depression and discouragement in order to create. Because we live in a day and an age where it's been very depressing and very discouraging for many of us, and we've lost our momentum. But listen, those are our five steps. Those are our five five creative weekly creative habits that will change your work. Number one, exposure. Expose yourself to all the other arts for inspiration. Continue to expose yourself. Get outside your little bubble. Get outside your group of friends that do exactly what you do and start talking to people that do nothing like you do. Number two, creative hour, weekly. This is your Sabbath. This is your time of refreshing. You're going to be creative. You're going to think. You're going to get away. You're going to block out the world. You're going to just sit and just dream about what you can do. Number number three was experiment often. This is the ideation point where you can take all the ideas you've been gathering on and inspirations and you can start to work them out. You're going to play around with ideas. You're going to try different ways of looking, different ways of seeing, different ways of hearing. There's different exercises. There's books out there that will help us do some of these things of thinking in a new way, repurposing things in a way that hasn't been done before, adding to an idea that hasn't been added to yet, right? So maybe we're not originating from scratch, but we're taking an idea and making it better. We're thinking in new ways. Number four was seek experience and opportunity. Don't wait for the experience to come to you. You create your own opportunities, such as the buskers in New York, the musicians. And then number five, pray for your talent. To keep up with The Painted, please follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Only The Painted. You can also DM us on Instagram, or if you'd like to leave an email, please send us email at onlythepainted at gmail.com. Episodes drop twice a month, and there is so much more inspiration to come. Please like, share, comment anywhere that you listen to our podcast.